the divine is sachidananda according to indian thought and experience the sat aspect provides the stable permanent basis it is the substance of being so to say consciousness is the knowledge and power that has gone forth and built the worlds filling it with its breath but the purpose for which all this is is ananda creation starts with ananda creation longs for ananda creation returns to ananda it climbs through several steps and stairs of ananda and despite all these struggles trials tribulations challenges difficulties dangers misadventures it continues because there is within us as a secret core like a sap running through this entire creation and it is ananda it's not difficult to understand it at one level just to look at the stars at night the scientists would call it cold or hot whatever it is but nothing but a ball of fire or gas full of electrons protons photons god knows but when we look at it what the science scientist misses is that ananda today i believe is full moon day so moon is uh, one of the aspects of the moon is soma the god of delight just looking at the moon it fills us with ananda if you really look at it uh, not with those uh, jaundiced eye or limited eyes of the uh, cold material intellect but we just look at the moon and there is something of that perhaps that's why there was a custom on sharad purnima you put the uh, kheer outside in the full moon night and probably it was said that something of the amrit drips into it and you take it as prasad very nice because uh, ananda contains within it the nectar of immortality it is what strengthens that's why it it has the nectar of immortality because it strengthens the will to live not only the will to live the will to take joy in creation so never a more powerful statement has ever been uttered that the divine is ananda anandam brahmeti ken upanishad goes on to say it says tadvanam nama what is the name the name of that is delight <laughs> tadvanam nama so this is the beauty of ananda in the higher nature ananda always implies these threefold things which come with ananda wherever there is ananda there will be joy of course there will be love and there will be beauty invariably when one is filled with ananda even the most difficult things one finds them beautiful the greatest adventure one is ready to take because ananda is the impeller on the other hand when ananda is diminished this supreme healer then everything goes look at the world with depressed eyes everything one is complaining every the whole harmony is disrupted so where the three go together 
But in the lower nature, they have taken these three appearances of pain, pleasure and indifference. Pain as a contradiction of Ananda, pleasure as a distortion and perversion of Ananda. That's how Shirobindo says. And indifference as a self-concealment of Ananda. That's, these are the three things we experience. But if we look at even material nature, look at the mountains, where that's why people need to withdraw. It's very therapeutic. It's not just about mountains. Go far away from human. <laughs> Till humanity comes, there is the ananda which is so palpable in material nature. Even in plants, even in animals, if we look dispassionately, even when we watch something which may appear as gory, a tiger leaping at a deer and, you know, killing it, that whole movement, that entire thing, landscapes, the animals, how they are frolicking, one can just get that feel of ananda. But with man, in man something of a dim disturbing somewhat lives. That's how Shabita describes. In man, a dim disturbing something lives. So what happens to ananda in man? Because man falls into a hole. This is the great fall. In paradise, they don't have any issue. They are happy. Just to be is happiness. They don't need anything. And then, Adam is bit by the bug of knowledge. <laughs> so it must lose that ananda which comes spontaneously in a state of innocence. Look at children, how soon they come. They are very... Until people go and tell them, you are bhukananga bacha. You are so poor. I mean, it is so surprising. I remember one of the uh, real life events when some of my students, nursing students, they wanted to go to a slum. Why? Because you have to go and see what their state of misery is. I don't know. This okay. There is a need, but focusing on all that. So they were very excited about going. And I asked them, see, come back with a very impartial observation. Did you find the children happy or sad? Just that's all I want to know. Don't go with preconceived notions. <laughs> so they come back and say, Yes, sir, they were happy. Happy with whatever state they were in. We all have grown up like that. Until someone tells us, No, to be happy, you need X. The story I have often spoken of that there are three people who were in a state of unhappiness and there was a visiting professor he asked one of them why are you unhappy he is constantly crying Lulu Lulu so he said what happened to you he says that uh, the, the professor the doctor explains to the professor he loved one Lulu wanted to be with her but he couldn't marry her so he is unhappy. He says, yes, I can understand. He goes a few beds. There is another one also saying, Lulu, Lulu. He says, what happened to Lulu? <laughs> this fellow. He says, no, he married Lulu. So he is unhappy. <laughs> the story doesn't stop there. This much is comprehensible. So there is, after a few more beds, there is a third patient. He is also crying Lulu. He says, what happened to this fellow? What has Lulu done to him? 
He said, no, no, he doesn't even know who Lulu is. So, he is hearing them cry for Lulu. So, he thinks Lulu is very desirable. Therefore, he is crying. He doesn't know who is Lulu. But he is crying. A lot of our life is governed by this habit. Habit of thought, habit of feeling, habit of desires. Who plants them? These poison weeds are very nice parents to start with. Teachers, unfortunately. And society. You can't be happy unless you have this. You can't be happy unless you have that. So, so many ifs and buts, so desires grow. That's what we read last, yesterday. That there is soil in which ananda is in plenty. But it is covered with luxuriant growth of desire. With its poison weeds. How, how to remove these weeds? What do we have to now put into it so that they get dissolved? So we read yesterday, the Vedic Rishis say, By the fire of tapas, aspiration, for the true, the real, the unique, the alone. These, after a while, but we are, we feed them. Every pleasure we satisfy feeds these poison weeds. And life goes on like that. And yet, every person who go, runs after pleasure is ultimately seeking for ananda, something which will be permanent. That's the whole play of ignorance. So, there is Sat, Chit, Ananda. Ananda is the uh, ultimate of existence. And the mother has used a very powerful expression. She has said, truth is supreme harmony and delight. So all those who say, truth is very bare, harsh. Sometimes people say, can you take it? Meaning thereby it is going to be so kathor. On the contrary, truth brings harmony. Truth gives delight. And even in ordinary life, we can experience it. Very small experience. We lie to ourselves, pursuing pleasures, pursuing pleasant things. We lie to the divine, we lie to others. And slowly this lie begins to become a burden. People don't realize. It's a net of falsehood and it creates so much anguish like dilpar patthar, literally. And they can't feel happy. Why? Because they are constantly in a state of lie. But the day they are able to acknowledge the truth. I am not saying you have to beat the drum and say, come here, listen everybody, I am going to make a big... No, no, no. (laughs) Truth nobody can understand. I am talking of a very human level. No one can understand. But speak the truth to yourself and speak it to the mother. It looks like a burden has been lifted off and you feel such a joy springing forth. That's why the mother says, truth, if it goes to the core, has a healing power. Even physical illnesses, some distortion somewhere. And if you look at the core, look at it squarely, say truth to yourself. Nobody one has to say because nobody can understand the complexity of a human nature and all that is going on inside it. But to oneself and then to the mother and then try to practice it. That is the ultimate and then there will be spontaneous joy in being. Otherwise, we may tell a lie to everyone, tell a lie to ourselves believe, we end up believing in it unfortunately. But what does it do? It makes us more and more uh, 
in a state of depression, anguish. So, this is the path of delight. And see what uh, Shurabinda has to say in Kena Upanishad, there is a very interesting line. So, that's what I want to read in the fourth cycle, fourth chapter at the end. So, how to recognize a person who has realized God? How do you recognize? Has he seen some ultimate vision and he tells you, you know, I have seen God. How do we recognize? Is there some marker? Sri Krishna tells certain, uh, you know, markers, inner markers of a sthit pragya. He tells certain markers even of one who is who loves God, bhakti. He tells also certain markers of who is on the path of works. But here, Kena Upanishad says, how to spot the person who has realized God? And very powerful passage. As the virtues we practice must be done without demand of earthly or heavenly reward, so the salvation we seek must be purely internal and impersonal. It must be the release from egoism, the union with the divine, the realization of our universality as well as our transcendence. And no salvation should be valued which takes us away from the love of God in humanity and the help we can give to the world. If need be, it must be taught. Better this hell with the rest of our suffering brothers than a solitary salvation. Who can say this except God himself? He has leaned into this creation for delight of being. And this is what we see in the story of Yudhishthir when he goes to uh, ultimately, you never abandons dharma. I even fancy it's not even the dharma is okay. He is dog. He is a friend. He says, I won't abandon my friend because of even lure of heaven. And then finally when he enters, he is asked, you said, line for one muhurt, ashwatthama, hatohata, narova, kunjuru, half a lie. So you have to stay for die two and a half seconds in hell. He says, okay. Goes to hell. Now immediately, two and a half seconds, they said, no, 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 now you have to go. But everybody there begins to cry. They say, please don't go. Your presence is making us feel so happy. And Yudhishthir says, I refuse heaven. I would stay here because they are suffering and they feel a bit relieved. This is the stuff of which divinity is made. And then of course, then the whole illusion vanishes and it was something created as a kind of last uh, ordeal of Yudhishthir. And Shiva says something very beautiful. Fortunately, there is no need to go to such lengths. That means I'll suffer hell. No. And deny one side of the truth in order to establish another. The Upanishad itself suggests the door of escape from any overemphasis on its own statement of the truth. For the man who knows and possesses the supreme Brahman as the transcendent beatitude becomes a center of that delight, Raso Vaisaha, to which all his fellows shall come. That's how Sri Ramakrishna, when he was asked that, how does a man who has realized is of any help? He says, you know, he's like a flower. All the honeybees come to him to gather nectar. 
and gathering nectar they spread it far and wide so many flowers bloom ultimately that is the power of a person who has realized he doesn't have to do anything he doesn't have to be in hell or take upon himself everybody suffering he doesn't have to do that by the mere fact of realizing the transcendent as brahman because we can realize him as sat when we realize him as sat what is there in that one aspect consciousness chit tapas and ananda is there but held back what is in front is the peace of the infinite but when you realize the divine as ananda sat is there in the core then only ananda can love and consciousness's force will be there because ananda will create so when we realize the divine as ananda then we see this manifold creation of the divine as nothing else but his expression and manifestation these are the two thoughts that have governed indian mind one is maya and the other is leela and that's why in one place shrivinda says peace is the sign of the divine presence ananda of the divine mother because she is creative she and everybody even at the smallest level we realize it so those who realize through the sat they shun creation generally and those who realize the divine as ananda they engage with creation how do they engage with creation he says he becomes a center of their delight to which all his fellowship shall come a well from which they can draw the divine waters here is the clue that we need the connection with the universe is preserved for the one reason which supremely justifies that connection it must subsist not from the desire of personal earthly joy as with those who are still bound but for help to all creatures it's multiplication of that ananda imagine if you are in the company if you want to enjoy a movie or even normal life and you are in the company with somebody who is depressed after some time an average normal human being will say oh this is too depressing so other one will say let the other person also have the joy then when joy meets joy there is multiplication of joy that's what this world is meant for that's why mother gave the name of divine ananda to grapes not ananda it is divine ananda multiple succulent sweet sweetness is there with ananda it's the nectar and of course hibiscus as uh, ananda shuddha ananda and physical ananda different types of ananda so such a being continues to be on with earth because he multiplies that ananda not for any personal desire two then are the objects of the high reaching soul to attain the supreme and to be forever for the good of all the world even as brahman himself whether here or elsewhere so ananda is the key when we have that key we understand existence but to arrive at ananda we have to have a very serious undergo a surgery and that surgery is to slay desire slay is a bit harsh word but to slowly turn this desire for objects into desire of the divine that's how mother says and shobinda was asked why does the divine sometimes fulfill your desires when ultimately you have to come out 
He says, so that one day you may start desiring him. <laughs> Who is fulfilling your desire? And when you start desiring him, then the game plan changes. First he throws the bait, okay, instead of thinking I am the one who is achieved my desire by my efforts, you start seeing the hand of, oh ma, such a grace that you have fulfilled my desire. She says, wait, wait. And then she says, okay, now we upgrade the game. <laughs> so, heavens, wiser love rejects the mortal's prayer. But now you are hooked. Not that she will <laughs> do it. She does it with a perfect wisdom. We will read about that wisdom, how it op- operates. And slowly, slowly at the end you realize that truly what else is worth desiring for except the one. Automatically, she does this very beautiful surgery, even without making us unconscious. You can actually see she is removing it and the pain just begins to vanish. And what happens in its place? In place of pleasure, pain and indifference, there is ananda. Pleasure, pain and indifference are responses to the shocks of the world. They are based on the operating system called desire. I like, I want. If I get what I like, there is pleasure. If I don't get what I like, there is pain. It's very simple. And what determines likes and dislikes? The desired self and the ego standing behind it. And why do they have this kind of a twist within them? Because of ignorance. Ignorance of the true nature of creation. What is the true nature of creation? Tena taktena bunjita magridas is tasik. Magrida kasisvidhanam. Real nature of creation is isavasham idam sarvam yat kincha jagatyam jagat. Everything is meant for the Lord. And if we live with that idea that everything is, this is something which at practical level, somebody asked uh, someone who had just come in the ashram and naturally he came from good bag, good background means materially very rich, wealthy, nice. So he asked, uh, where are you staying and what kind of accommodation? So he had a room like everybody else. He said, oh, I am living in a wonderful place. Uh, no, no, you tell me materially, don't say all this wonderful. He says, yes. The house where I am living in, there are thousand rooms. And we have, you know, I have a Olympic sized swimming pool. I have tracks to run. Whatever creative activity I want to engage in, I am free to undertake it. He says, really, there is a place like that? He says, yes. And what is the, you get some pay for your being a this or that? He says, yes. It's not after a month, it's immediately. What is that pay? It is delight. All that you are trying to get ultimately through money, this, that, we are given instantly in its real. See, money, you will have money, then we will exchange it for some object and we will, through that object, we will want some joy ultimately. No? Very. And some people start taking joy in keeping the money. So that's another. <laughs> and wait for another demonetization. <laughs> it cured many people of potential cancers. People don't know its benefit. <laughs> because when you accumulate. Or probably, you know, snakes coming there and our children who are going to throw it away. So anyway, so here 
instead of all that you are ultimately getting that which people often ask what do you get in the ashram what is the miracle first miracle that happens in the ashram miracle hote honge wahan the bahut hote hain tell me some miracle tell me some miracle i i say that look here you know you recover the lost habit of happiness you get back your smile you look at the world look at people rich people so tense even recently i met someone he was so tense so much money everything and i was thinking what is wrong with him at one time i had a very funny thought i can share it i felt isko gudgudi karo koi force him to laugh why is he so serious and he is talking about mother and all this was so serious so tense as if you know there is an examination imminent mother is going to judge him how is he performing all kinds of things so this ananda is what makes us go always it is the sap of existence it is the core it is the base of creation it is what we seek in the godhead but what we have turned him into and that's what we read yesterday from where we'll go further we read that there is the god sachina sachidananda who has become all this creation to multiply his delight that is the god of sanatan dharma not a god he they have turned this ananda into one who will shun everything pleasure joy ananda everything who, who wants to give pain to the creatures punish him condemn him to hell they have changed this anandmay into the one who inflict suffering and pain and who would really be attracted towards such a god so we have we are very fortunate being born in india growing up with a conception of god that conception is krishna you play with him he is a playmate he you can he is a confidant he can even do tricks along with you he is a prankster also he will hold your hand and sometimes be with you in all kinds of thing maybe he will heal also let you make a fool of yourself and at the end you say but you allowed me he will say yes why did you allow i just for the joy of it and you will laugh with him that's how shivinda says that first when i sinned i was very angry and um, at my friend and play fellow krishna of course he is referring to then after some time when he realized he is the one who is pushing me into it i looked at him with a little bit of you know with a slant of the eyes but i still had to pardon him so <laughs> he understood the purpose of taking us through this journey and that's how shivinda puts in who that he lures us he pushes us to weeping then lures us again it is this ananda that sustains this creation anandamay so this about krishna leela but when we look at the world we don't see ananda unless we are satisfied with pleasure which is as he said degradation is the red poison fruit sold in the market of desire that's how shivinda says pleasure is the red poison drug sold in the market of desire passing off in the name of ananda very powerful lines and the delight of existence the solution 
पेज 109. Okay, I'll read from the middle. Delight is existence. Delight is the secret of creation. He didn't create this world to test us and to make us feel very guilty. Guilt is a weakness. Strong don't feel guilty. They change. They recognize and change. Don't go through guilt. Guilt feeling is a guilt trip. That's why it's called. It also carries a perverse pleasure. See, I am feeling guilty. No, how good a person I am. It doesn't matter. So, some people have this habit. They say sorry hundred times in advance for the hundred sins they are going to commit in time to come. So. Delight is existence. Delight is the secret of creation. Delight is the root of birth. Delight is the cause of remaining in existence. Delight is the end of birth, and that into which creation ceases. From Ananda, from Ananda, says the Upanishad, all existences are born. By Ananda, they remain in being and increase. To Ananda, they depart. They increase. If the joy is missing, you see everything diminishes. Your capacity, enthusiasm, will to be, to do anything, engage with anything, everything diminishes. So, what we are missing is vitamin A, called as Ananda. And therefore, there is disease D. Depression and all other things, incapacity. So, where is it found? Not in the market of desire, not in shopping malls. It is found in the quiet center of the heart. That's how Shivendra described that it's from the Upanishad again. So, it's a calm, in fact, Mother gives this description calm, tranquil, equal Ananda. That's how she defines that particular flower on variety of it. It's calm. Why? Because you don't, you are not striving. Why restlessness is there? Because desire. It wants to get this, get that. When you have what you can ever get or imagine getting, you are calm. This calm. So, Ananda is nothing to do with jumping, dancing. It's very calm. Tranquil is another word she uses. Third word she uses is smiling. It looks at this world and smiles. It doesn't hate, it doesn't react. It's smiling, it looks at the play of ignorance and knows, okay, we have gone this way, you two will come. So it is, Ananda gives that confidence. And fourth, it is equal. Why it is equal? Why do we have inequality? Because we think this person will benefit me in this way. This person will not benefit me in this way. From this person, I am likely to get pain, better avoid and from this person I am likely to get joy, so better. So we are unequal. Why? Because of again desire. And we are equal soul. When we have ananda, we are equal soul. So, this is the truth of a being. But, comes the but. When we look at this world, we say, very nice passage. But, you call this ananda. This is... Especially when you go through pain. So sometimes, as the mother says, pain is a blessing in that way. It at least reminds us that the pleasure we were enjoying was imperfect. 
So that way it's a blessing, not that we should take that path. We should not ask for pain. But it comes to remind us, you were very happy, you thought this will give you happiness. All right, see, this will not give us give you happiness. So we move forward. If we regard world existence only in its appearances and only in its relation to pure, infinite, indivisible, immutable existence, we are entitled to regard it, describe it and realize it as Maya. Say, this odd world is Kaate ki body. Wherever you see, Are kaate mein bhul bhi aate hai. But anyway, this is what world is. So better to leave it and go into that. If we look at the appearances, but if we can either enter into our own depths and touch, even glimpse it for a moment. See, even after somebody has seen a beautiful landscape, let's say you have gone, travel to a place. Uh, let's say Leh Ladakh mountains. Don't we feel joy later on remembering, oh, you know where we are, you have a picture, you enjoy. This is one of the tricks that um, uh, in the beginning I used to find very interesting. People are very unhappy and they are lamenting and narrating. Of course, it's not. these things cannot be applied indiscriminately because it may look very insensitive. That's what I have learnt over a period of time. But you suddenly ask them, Acha, tell me, what was your first experience like when you saw the mother? I have seen people's faces beam, even when they are in that completely incapacitated state. Physically, everything. And suddenly you are, Acha, Acha, how was your first day? Oh, and you see the face changes, everything changes. Even that glimpse through the physical, with the physical eyes and through the physical cloak is enough to sustain. I have known people who say, we had had darshan of Sri Ah, I had balcony darshan of the mother. That sustains the journey. So such is the power of Ananda. But when we look at this surface, we say it is Maya. Now here Sri gives us just a hint of what Maya is. He will explain to us in the next chapter. Maya in its original sense meant a comprehending and containing consciousness capable of embracing, measuring and limiting and therefore formative. It is the power to build forms and it builds forms out of formless. So it contains, it limits. That's how the word, the root ma. So mata or simply ma. It is all comprehending, all containing, yet it can limit it equally because it has always that infinite existence in the background. So this is how the word comes, from where comes Maya. It is that which outlines, measures out, molds, forms in the formless, psychologizes and seems to make knowable the unknowable, geometrizes and seems to make measurable the limited, limitless. So why to multiply? Say you meet a friend. So now you have met the friend after many years. So what is the instant reaction? Joy. Why? Because he is a friend of yours. You are not asking, Acha, how much you are earning? That question seems so irrelevant, so rude, so absurd. You just meet and enjoy. Why? Because friendship has been a bond that has made you one at some point of time. And this oneness can be always recovered. 
If we don't put these, that's what Sri Krishna teaches. Sudama doesn't understand it. Sri Krishna understands it. So much so that without his telling that I need these things because he is feeling shy. How can I ask him? But Sri Krishna, how he welcomes him, makes him sit, make, washes his feet and all his wishes have been fulfilled without even asking him. That's what it truly a friend is. If you have to say what you need, then it's still a step away. That's how the divine is as a friend. So, this is what Maya is. It limits, but it always has the sense of the limitless. That's how the divine does not see us the way we see the divine. I am this, this is this, all separate and there is a God somewhere else. For the divine, we are all himself. And each for the joy of play of a certain kind. Somebody is given the joy of being a warrior. Another, the joy of opposing, taking on the challenge of the impossible. There is a story in Iliad where Sri there is, you know, he, uh, he has put in a character called Penthesilia. So it's, we know it's a war between uh, that time the little Greek tribes which had come together and against Troy which is a very developed uh, civilization in every way, not just materially. And Penthesilia, when there is a war, Penthesilia comes from Asia to fight from the side of the uh, Greeks, now, from the side of the Trojans, Troy. She comes and says, yeah, I'll fight for you guys. So they say, why you want to fight? <laughs> we are <laughs> enough. They, they know that that side, all that their problem is Achilles. If they can win over Achilles, then they know rest we can handle. And Achilles gives an offer also. But they refuse and then there is war. That's a different story. So Penthesilia, in the court of Prime, everybody, Prime has called, everybody says, what do you want? War or peace? War or peace? Everybody is giving their idea. Then he asks Penthesilia, what do you want? You are not even connected. She says, I want a particular joy. What is the joy? He says, I have heard so much of Achilles and I love this guy from my childhood. So, but this is not Achilles came. He said, exactly, I want to fight against him. <laughs> I want to see what a Yodha this fellow is. And I can never fight with him otherwise. I can't be in his camp and challenge him. <laughs> and in fact, it's a beautiful uh, longish poem, Shobindo valued it so much other than Savitri, the one on which he labored the most. And it stops when Penthesilia is clearing the way. All warriors who come, she says, I don't want to fight with you guys. Where is Achilles? And as Achilles comes, then rest is incomplete, but so powerful. To some other, he gives the joy and that's how he describes that delight of works. The sword has a joy in being in the sheath. Why? Because it's the master's sheath. Master will hold it time to time. Take care of it. The sword has a joy in the hiss of the battle. And the sword has a joy when it is broken and cast aside. And then he says that equal joy discover. Today you have one role, tomorrow it may be another role. That delight which is there in creation, it wants to give us different, different roles. People often say, why there is death? Imagine if there is no death. 200 years you are spending with the same person. 
So it's better to say seven lives. Okay, we'll see. Even the best of person, there's so many things. Death without the constant ananda inside, without the change of consciousness inside, without the form being able to constantly renew itself in eternal youth, without all these, if death is removed, it will be a very painful thing. Yes, when all this is done, physical death, up to you. So, you see, even that, because Ananda wants to take different form. There are people who, uh, somebody wrote a letter to the mother, Mother, I want to marry an American woman. I believe he was horse of Ran- uh, Jhansi Ki Rani in his previous life. Prelat, Prelat. And Mother, I want to marry an American woman. Writes a letter and mother says, not in this life. So After two days, he died. Mother must have granted him a wish. Okay. You will ultimately come back and say, Mother, I made a mistake. But you see, the manifold delight of existence, that's how, that's what creation is about. So that's what Maya meant in the origin. Later, the word came from its original sense of knowledge. How does it limit? Because there is that knowledge. And not only it limits, builds forms, it informs each form with what is necessary for it to fulfill its temporary purpose of being a part in manifesting the divine. That's its ingenuity. It gives the flower the capacity to bloom and spread. If a flower says, oh, I wish I was a sword, it will create an imbalance. Flower is happy with that. To each creature, it builds the form and puts it with all the knowledge that is necessary for it to express the divine afflatus within it. Later it came to be original sense of knowledge, skill, intelligence. And then the next step was to acquire a pejorative sense of cunning, fraud of or illusion. And it is in the figure of an enchantment or illusion that it is used by the philosophical systems. World is maya. World is not unreal in the sense that it has no sort of existence. For even if it were only a dream of the self, Still it would exist in it as a dream, real to it in the present, even while ultimately unreal. So it's a very beautiful, but we'll, uh, uh, you know, passages. Page 111. World, then, is the play of the mother of things, moved to cast herself forever into infinite forms, and avid of eternally outpouring experiences. There is a beautiful line in Savitri, in book 1, canto 1. Three lines. How material nature wakes up to create and for whose sake? As if a childlike finger laid on its cheeks, reminding the heedless mother of things. When mama is sleeping, she is tired. Child says, Mama, I want to play. Mama, Mama gets up. The only fellow who can wake her like that is child. So the child and mother, they want to play. They are playing together. But we have forgotten that childhood. Because we have become very reasonable beings, very big people. All this has come in the way. If we look at the world existence, look, if we look at world existence, rather in its relation to the self-delight 
of eternally existent being we may regard describe and realize it as leela the play the child joy the poet's joy the actor's joy the mechanician's joy of the soul of things eternally young perpetually inexhaustible creating and recreating himself in himself for the sheer bliss of that self creation for that self representation himself the play himself the player himself the playground so now we understand why we get bored after a some some time with the same work that is the midlife crisis in 40s people want to change yes but you can change many things you can change the attitude for example you can diversify the work in a new way but if you do the same thing mechanically obviously after after a while the joy you are exploring more and more so even in the same thing you can do something better and that is the secret of youth secret of youth is this perpetual joy ever creative which wants to bring out new things in existence because that's what it feels with it not because it'll sell because somebody else will give you some money more money that is where the creativity which springs from now you know in this today um, sorry to say but utilitarian commerce so everything has been packaged that way and so we have lost that joy in things when artisans were creating things with hand now we have mechanized things in the mall they may look very attractive but they miss something very fundamental that joy of existence which one felt in that anyways we are going to go beyond into something greater <clears throat> so but we are subject to this triple vibration and page 112 somewhere in the middle in the three vibrations of pain pleasure and indifference can only be a superficial arrangement created by that limited part of ourselves which is uppermost in our waking consciousness behind there must be something in us much vaster profounder truer than the superficial consciousness which takes delight impartially in all experiences it is that delight which secretly supports the superficial mental being and enables it to preserve persevere through all labors sufferings and ordeals in the agitated movement of the becoming we can take a very small example and this applies at every level so sometimes very simple chappals are lost <laughs> open it now you have token system this that chappals can be lost for whatever reason ignorance is that deliberate doesn't matter so there are several responses one is of disgust what is the use i came to the ashram and chappal is lost so once somebody told me this i said you came to the ashram to keep your chappals oh what a great idea for coming to ashram so he didn't understand he was all agitated i said let me not agitate more so you can get a chappal yaar what is the big deal uh, like one american lady uh, we had met on the bus stand oh this india that india she didn't know that there are two indian lovers standing by the side <laughs> and 
Starting through that, look at I got my purse and this purse, that leather is gone. I said, you took the journey all the way from America to buy a purse. <laughs> but then the other Indian, she took over <laughs> and left and right. So you see, that is also Ananda, it multiplies. So, so when people lose their chapal, there are various responses. Ashram may be as a logia, a con legia patania, just either. Ashram may be as a logia. Okay, what next? This one responds. Dusra, when they go back and describe, they will make sure that they will bring in that chapal which they lost, everything else is. Chappal that they lost. Then there is a third variety. Who will say, oh it was very dear to me. The fourth variety will say, anyways we will get a new one. And the fifth will say, somebody else is wearing it. No. That person is enjoying the chapel. <laughs> I got things from this creation. I didn't question them. Today somebody else is wearing a nice chapel. Nice Somebody is wearing, I should be happy. See, even in ordinary life, this applies at every level. Every level. If we step back and just look at life very impersonally. The house that I think is mine, tomorrow who knows who will live there. What that person is going to do, he will change probably everything. Okay, we, I, should, I should not throw it away. Today, it's with me and the joy and delight of that. But that attachment, that possessiveness, it is mine. That is where the problem comes, which comes from desire. So that's what Shivinda says, that if you step behind, you will experience it. In our ordinary life, this truth is hidden from us or only dimly glimpsed at times or imperfectly held and conceived. But if we learn to live within, this is the solution. Don't live on the surface and look at things on the surface. Don't even say like that WhatsApp, kya paya, kya khoya. Then you, when you hear that, look so unhappy man is saying, <laughs> no, we are not here for pana or kona. We are here to manifest that delight or allow that delight to manifest in so many ways. But if we learn to live within, we infallibly awaken to this presence within us, which, are, which is our more real self. So when we meet with these challenges, what should we do? Just go within. Don't react on the surface. Are mera ye chala gaya. Like that uh, queen whose uh, mirror was broken and the lady thought servant that she is going to kill me. But what does she say? For a moment she stays quiet. Says, anyways, very nice. This mirror was the one who was telling me lie every day. Looking at my face, I thought I am the most beautiful person in the world. So I never looked inside. Now I can look inside. Thank you. Because you, the mirror broke. So, when we live within, that's how we begin to look at it. A presence profound, calm, joyous. This presence of the divine is, gives joy. And puza, powerful. Of which the world is not the master. A presence which, if it is not the Lord himself, is the radiation of the Lord within. Even before we reach the Lord, the psychic being and that presence with which we have contact with, fills us with joy, with a sense of power. 
not the ego power but the power of the lord who is with us we are aware of it within supporting and helping the apparent and superficial self and smiling at its pleasures and pains at the as at the error and passion of a little child so when he looks at ba ba crying how does the divine look at us peter ro mat i have got better things for you so it is I remember one one ideal of Krishna with which I was so attached. One day, uh, morning, everybody said he's a crazy boy, ten year old, always sleeping with this Krishna. I can literally say I slept with Krishna, and one day they took away the idol, and next day morning, because everybody told this is not not healthy, and I cried and cried for hours and hours. They got me another Krishna, but I won't like him. This was the Krishna I wanted. So Krishna had his plans. but that moment we cry because we are living on the surfaces but how does he look at his smiling so we can also smile at him when something like painful happen we can tell him so trickster you did it again instead of saying i did it again i oops i did it again you did it again chose to send me something which will remind me of you and if we can go back into ourselves and identify ourselves not with a superficial experience but with that radiant penumbra of the divine we can live in that attitude towards the contacts of the world and standing back in our entire consciousness from the pleasures and pains of the body vital being and mind possess them as experiences whose nature being superficial does not touch or impose itself on our core and real being in the entirely expressive sanskrit terms there is an anandamay behind the manomay a vast bliss self behind the limited mental self then he says even normally it is not necessary for us to give that response this is habit we give the response of pain to certain things mentally it is easy to conceive we need not give somebody who insults us oh begin to thar 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 then he succeeded so we give a response acha i will tell you main kaun hu batata hu uska to kaam pura ho gaya tumko niche kahan le aaya ghasit ke but instead if you smile and say ho gaya tumhari baat hami jabo ekhoni jabo hoye geche that's what nalini it seems once told somebody who stopped him on the way and 15 20 minutes heard all kinds of uh, things nalida is quietly calmly <laughs> looking at <laughs> and then he says hoye geche ami jabo what a ananda this is life can be as simple as sweet as beautiful why you can do that only when deep within and it's true in everything somebody says something to you who will get agitated somebody who values the person's opinion or wants to project an opinion but when you know that is the divine alone who whose opinion if if we can use the word which is not right because he doesn't have opinions and mother was asked mother do you have what are your opinions mother says i have no opinions 
I see truth at that moment and I act according to that. And tomorrow she may change because the truth of that moment. It's not an opinion. Opinions are fixed things. So what matters is the divine's view of us. And what is divine's view of us? Are he is seeing himself in us. What? That's why when we condemn this creation, we are in a way condemning the divine. So we can give opposite response. But what about physical pain? We'll read this rest of it later. But just this aspect. What about physical pain? Mental pain is okay. There is an example even in life of physical pain. You know when somebody is in a state of intense excitement because one has achieved something. The joy that comes when you achieve the seemingly impossible. What happens? You don't feel pain at that point of time. After a while, suddenly your muscles are aching, your... But that point of time, it's not pain, it's a joy. As if that joy completely overpowers pain. So, we can give another response. Number one, even in this world, provided we learn to live within and come in contact with the divine presence, even otherwise, that's what yoga is about. Shubhin that one place describes it, that the, it's a ability to give a totally different response than what we are habitually giving. It is easy to hate somebody who hates you. Difficult to love. You can't love based on a mental principle. You can love only if you see divine hai isme bhi. Ignorant hai. But divine hai. Then you can love. Otherwise uh, you can't do it with a mental Oh I must give love. Then it doesn't work out. Love of, is the last thing that can come by mentalizing it. But this comes with the divine presence. Second thing, he says, there are moments in which, in the and another very simple example, look at mothers in the kitchen when their child is going to come. I think all mothers know what I am saying and all children know. They will be struggling, they will do everything and they are full of joy, they are hardly sleeping, all the things they are making and you are wondering, the poor husband will say, take rest, no, no. Later on, when the child has come, gone, then she is flat. Now the husband is needed. He says, I told you so. He says, yes, but you don't understand. That is the ultimate. Actually, it is true. They do with such joy. My own physical mother, I know that, you know, she is going to the hospital in a critical state. She is on oxygen for six months. In the house, of course. And then the critical state, she is going. Even that day morning, she has made my favorite vegetable. I didn't want her, but no, she will get joy in doing it. So I had stopped saying. Then when I am taking her in the, in the Godi to the hospital, two days later she passes away. That time she is telling the servant, you know, give him that bindi tomorrow which I have kept there. What a, I can't imagine. Still, that joy which comes transcending pain, Transcending suffering, transcending all the things of the moment. Why? Because love, joy, beatitude, they come together. Even in our ordinary life, we can surpass it. Soldiers know it. On the battlefield, I have known instances actually. They face the bullet, they go to the forefront, they have a family. But that moment, they forget it. 
इवन इट गिव्स दैम ए डिलाइट वेरी पैराडॉक्सिकल डिलाइट हंसते हंसते फांसी का फंदा इट्स नॉट अ जस्ट ए थिंग वाई बिकॉज सडनली यू ओपन टू समथिंग वास्ट इमेजिन ट्वेंटी ट्वेंटी फाइव ईयर ओल्ड बॉयज गोइंग यंगस्टर्स एम्ब्रेसिंग यू नो द स्केफोल्ड एंड दे वेर फुल ऑफ दैट डिलाइट बिकॉज दे हेट कम आउट ऑफ देर लिटिल सेल्फ एंड शुभ डिस्क्राइब सिट इन कारा कहानी दैट वेन आई सॉ दैम सम ऑफ दीज यंगस्टर्स हाउ दे वेर फुल ऑफ दैट जॉय बीमिंग ऑन देर फेस एंड देन श्री कृष्णा सेज यू नो यू कॉल दैम छोटे लोग दीज आर द वंस आई एम रेजिंग एंड दे आर द वंस इन अवर सुपीरियर प्राइड वी कॉल दैम ओ दे आर स्मॉल पीपल दे आर द वंस हुम आई एम रेजिंग एंड दे आर द वंस हु विल सेव हाउ दे हैव गॉन थ्रू पेन एंड सफरिंग वाई बिकॉज ऑफ समथिंग मच ग्रेटर एंड वेन वी कम बैक इन टू अ लिटिल लिमिटेड सेल्फ देन आउच आयोडेक्स थैंक यू माँ आनंदम ब्रह्मे थी ओके विल कंटिन्यू टुमारो